Hello and welcome to the Mindful Belly Don't Eat Your Feelings podcast. I'm your host and emotional eating coach, Ellie Rome. I was a former chemical engineer, completely burnt out, sugar addict, binge eater, and had a really toxic relationship with food. I ended up developing a bunch of health issues, thyroid issues, gut issues, chronically fatigued, ADHD, and the list goes on. And it wasn't until discovering functional nutrition and mindfulness tools that I was able to really overcome so much of these emotional eating patterns and reclaim my health. This was eight years ago, and I ended up quitting my job and became an emotional eating coach and a health coach. And over the last eight years, have coached hundreds of people to learn how to fuel their bodies, learn how to make that sustainable, and to really navigate this emotional eating piece, which is so often missed in our diet culture. And the biggest reason that we yo-yo diet or we end up falling back into old destructive patterns. And so that's what this podcast is about. It's about sharing with you tools and understanding the psychology of emotional eating so that you can transform your relationship with food and the relationship with yourself. This is so much deeper than just food. This is so much more intricate about stress, anxiety, how that relates to our eating, the importance of self-love, how you treat yourself. And it's really transforming the perspective that we have about food. And so in this podcast, you'll hear from both me and from interviews with experts in the fields of nutrition, mental health, wellness, as well as real life stories from people who've overcome emotional eating or found tools to help develop peace around food. And for you, if you're listening and you are looking for even more support, I offer one-on-one coaching sessions where we can work together to create a personalized plan for you to really help you reach your health and wellness goals. I know for myself, accountability made all the difference in the world. And I see it with all my clients that having someone that you are consistently checking in with, that you're continuously progressing because there are moments when we slip and we dip or we get stressed out and we eat something and it's having that anchor to come back to, to come back to your intentions and to not let that slide because you deserve to feel your best. And that starts with how you eat. That starts with what you eat and the fact that you're listening to this podcast, I just want to give you so much acknowledgement for that, for taking steps towards becoming your best self and, and transforming. And so with that, in this episode, I'm so excited to share with you an interview I had with Heather from NutriSense. So NutriSense, it, they do continuous glucose monitors. And what is that? So we have our blood sugar regulation and that impacts so much of our mood, of our cravings, of our health, inflammation, everything. Our blood sugar is so huge. And it is impacted by every bite that we take. And we are all very different. And combinations of food affect your, your blood sugar differently. If you eat or you drink a glass of orange juice by itself, that's probably going to jack up your blood sugar. And then you have a big crash and then you feel low energy. However, if you pair, you know, have an orange that has fiber, it's going to have a different reaction on your blood sugar. Same thing if you pair, like you eat protein with anything with carbs, it's going to help blunt that response, that blood sugar spike. And so that you don't feel that big crash or you don't crave things later. So there's a way to learn how to work with your body, but we're all different. And that is impacted by our daily habits too. If you exercise that day, what you can tolerate, if you, if you are super stressed out in your body or wherever you're at in your, in your menstrual cycle, wherever you're at in your current weight loss journey, if you're very insulin resistant or have diabetes, you're going to have a different response to certain foods than somebody who is a marathon runner. And so it's very much this, this glucose monitor gives you data, like in real time data on your phone that tells you how these foods or how certain foods are affecting you in real time. 
So you can very much personalize this to you. It's also amazing accountability, just to be able to have that data right on your phone. And so it's really cool. I've done, I've used the glucose monitors and I learn a lot about myself. And I think for anyone, especially if you struggle with sugar cravings and, and carb cravings, that it's so helpful to kind of have this, this real-time data to understand what's happening in your body. And so I interview in this episode, Heather, who's one of the coaches at NutriSense and we talk a lot about stress and the impact of stress and burnout, which is what I see. I would say, honestly, 85% plus of my clients who struggle with emotional eating have our burnout, our burnout are super stressed out. And it just keeps that, this default pattern. And that's addiction. These, when we get ourselves into these stress burnout states, and then the compulsion is to reach for food. And it's starting to learn about that. And like, we can try willpower as much as we can, but when we are just exhausted, willpower fails and we just don't have the energy. And so it's how to work on the root cause, which is really reducing the stress load and stress itself is addicting. I know myself, I get addicted to stress because it's like, it's adrenaline rush and this cortisol rush of being stressed out. Even if it's good stress, even if it's like I'm hosting an event and, but it's just like, it can be so much. It's a lot to handle. And then- my, I know for myself, my default in the past has been this programming of like, when I feel like that to go reach for food for comfort or at the end of the night, just wanting to eat, to feel better, or just to relax and it's starting to learn those behaviors with yourself. And then also, so learning how to navigate stress and burnout. And then on the other hand, there's going to be times in life when we're stressed and we're burnout. Like that's just, that's life. We have to admit, we have to meet ourselves where we're at and be real. And in those moments, how do we up-level how do we find things that are going to still support our body and not create this, you know, add even more stress to our system by eating a bunch of food that causes inflammation and makes us feel worse. And then we have even less energy to want to meal prep. We have less energy to want to make good options and we get in these cycles. So it's like, how do we nip that in the bud? And this is what I work with my clients on is finding stuff that's so convenient for you, finding stuff that tastes good, that is so as convenient as it would be to go run through the drive-through. Like that's what we have to compete with. Cause that's what our brain, when we have no energy and we come home and there's no food cooked. It's like, what are we going to do? What's the default? And then learning how to create options for yourself that are up-leveled. Okay. Can I go like, um, one of my, our sponsors for comfort zone is Ziki and Ziki is a food truck here in Austin and they don't use any seed oils. It's a Greek and Mexican um, food and they do delivery and they don't use seed oils, which if anyone's listening, doesn't know what that is. So, so many of our, the oils that are cooked in in restaurants are canola oil or vegetable oil, and they're very toxic to the body. And so this Ziki has a lot of healthier options and they use healthier oils, non-seed oils, more stable fats to that are won't cause an inflammation. And you feel it. Like when I eat there, I don't feel like the drowsiness or the lousiness. I feel if I do go eat at a restaurant, even if I get like a paleo option that has been cooked in like canola oil, like I feel the effect. And so finding stuff like that, like Ziki and, and finding paleo options that are out. And yeah, so things like that, finding this convenience. And we talk about this in that in this episode with Heather. So I will just let y'all listen to the interview. And if you have any questions, please feel free always to reach out to me on Instagram at mindfulbelly. Or if anything resonates with you from the episode, I love hearing from you guys. And if you're, or if you have any challenges that you want me to speak to, on these podcast episodes. Like I love that feedback. So always feel free to DM me on Instagram. And if you want to set up a strategy session with me, if coaching calls to you, if you're wanting that one-on-one -on -one support, you can set up a free strategy session with me. The link is in the show notes.
All right, let's go to the show. Hello, Heather. Hi, Ellie. So happy to be here with you. I am so grateful that you're here and that we're going to have this conversation. I think it's so important. Well, I would love it for, for the listeners, if you would just share a little bit about who you are and the work that you do. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a registered dietitian at NutriSense currently. Uh, my name is Heather Davis, and I have been working in nutrition for a long time, almost 15 years, um, actually a little bit more than that. <laughs> and I've kind of done all sorts of different things. Um, I've worked in research. I've done some teaching work. I was in an integrative and functional private practice for a very long time, specializing in neuroendocrine conditions. So people who were dealing with hormonal imbalances, chronic fatigue, a lot of chronic conditions, chronic health conditions. And from there, I found NutriSense as a startup uh, a few years ago, and I was really excited for their vision, what they were doing with the company, where they wanted to grow and jump on board. And I've been, I've been there ever since. So I've been working with uh, hundreds, if not thousands of people at this point. Um, on managing blood sugar and glucose and how that connects to stress, hormones, weight, the whole nine yards. So it's it's been a lot of fun. Oh my gosh, this is so awesome. And I, I'm, for anyone listening who doesn't know what NutriSense is, can you speak a little bit to the, what NutriSense is? Yeah, absolutely. So NutriSense is a metabolic health focused company. We use CGMs or continuous glucose monitors, which some of you might be familiar with, but they're just little glucose monitors that you attach to the back of your arm. They track your blood sugar or your glucose in real time. So you can see what you're eating, how you're moving, what your stress levels are doing and how your glucose is impacted by those things. Um, and we have a really cool team of dietitians that I'm happy to be a part of that really help all of our members not only interpret the data, but use that data to then create really customized approaches to nutrition, activity, changing lifestyle habits to be more supportive of just overall metabolic health. So we work with everyone. We work with people who are just fitness enthusiasts wanting to optimize performance. We work with people who are dealing with things like fatigue, poor sleep, digestive issues. Um, we work with a lot of women's health and hormonal stuff. We work with uh, really just about everyone. Uh, so it's a really broad spectrum of folks and it's exciting for that reason. Yes. And for anyone listening, these CGMs are so powerful. I mean, you get the data basically on your phone where you can see after you eat what, how a certain food or foods are impacting your blood sugar and even just how to help better control that. Like if you pair with protein or something and just watch the change, and it's really cool to see your own body's response because we are unique. Um, and it's, yeah, that's just having that data. It's a lot of good accountability to be able to like, oh, look what my blood sugar is doing. And this is yeah, how I feel. Cool actually what's going on. Yeah. And Ellie, I'm actually so glad you mentioned that about just like the individualization part of it and the personalization, because I would honestly not support or be involved in any program that wasn't all about personalizing. Um, I believe in that so much. I think that the real power in 
making dietary changes, lifestyle changes of every kind is in the individualized piece. Like what works for one person may not work for you. And you really have to tailor that to your body. So if you are trying to follow a fad diet or something that you know your friend did that worked and you're hitting a wall and you're like, why is this not helping me? Or why am I feeling worse even? Um, there are some good reasons why that can be. So I think being able to see the individualized data from the CGMs is one piece. And then from there, we really help people take an individualized approach to dietary analysis. We look at your family history, your medical history, which is unique to you. We look at your symptoms and how your unique body is responding to things, not only your current approach, but stuff that we could experiment on together. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. And Heather, I'm curious for you, you know, just back up a little bit. How did you even get into this? Like what made you even want to like study this or did you have a personal like history with food? Yeah. So my personal journey, um, which might be a whole other video because it's so long and crazy, but I'll give us the cliff notes version. Uh, yeah, I actually struggled with a crazy chronic illness for um, over 10 years. I had a diagnosis of chronic fatigue syndrome. I was, um, they they did like a whole indu chemically induced menopause for me when I when I was a teenager. Like I went through crazy crazy health stuff, and it was through understanding the power of food and personalized approaches, right, that changed everything for me. So it's, it was a very long journey. Um, I'm 40 now, but this took place throughout my teens and 20s, and it was just. It was a completely debilitating thing. So, I mean, there was a time in my life where I was not able to get out of bed. I was totally bedridden. So I think that you know how difficult and confusing it can be to sort through the different pieces of information out there, trying to figure out what's right, what's going to work, why is it not working? And ultimately, it inspired me to go back to school get my master's in nutrition science, become a dietitian, and work with some of the more complex cases around like women's health stuff. Um, of course, the chronic fatigue people, I work a lot with those, but um, really just people who have been feeling really stuck in whatever whatever they're trying to do, just feeling like they can't get to that goal. So whether it's losing weight or just improving energy, improving sleep, improving your relationship with your body overall, there's so many ways we get stuck and there's so many people telling us what to do. It can be hard to figure out what's going to work and be right for our bodies. So my approach comes from um, not only my personal kind of journey and perspective, but also working with thousands of people who've gone through very similar, um, but yet very unique journeys that, uh, you know, have informed how I approach that individualized piece. Like, I really want people to be able to um, know how to set up specific experiments so that they can get the answers about what works for them. 
Uh, people come in and they're like, what should I do? Tell me exactly what to eat. Tell me exactly. And I'm like, well, I actually am not going to tell you exactly what to eat, but I'm going to tell you how we set up the little experiments to help you figure out what's going to work for you. And from there, in the thousands of people I've worked with, I've never seen two people be exactly the same in terms of what works for them and what doesn't work. So it's it's so cool when you give people the freedom to explore these experiments, open up, let go of restriction, and really create more variety and diversity in the diet. Um, and you allow the body to, to kind of identify what's going to work and what isn't. It can be really eye-opening and it can leave you with an approach that you might never have happened upon otherwise, but it's a very organic process to kind of uncovering those questions, but it's something that um, I personally have seen incredible success with for people over time, but yep, so that's a little bit about <laughs> my personal journey. I could go on and on about it, but it's been a wild ride. Yeah, well, I'm curious for even... For people starting out or what are some of the biggest like pieces of misinformation that you've seen like with most people that you worked with or that you see even with the CGMs? Yeah, I would say that and really also to tie this into um, your amazing focus on mindfulness, like people struggling with stress eating people struggling with how stress impacts their body in general and not really understanding what is causing the stress, what is leading to these vicious cycles and how actually so much of this can be connected to our idea of stress. Um, I would say that in all of my work that I do, this is the number one thing I talk to people about. It's the number one thing I see, and it's the number one thing that we target when we think about making healthier changes. So it's it's a big, exciting topic. I'm I'm excited to unpack with you. Yes, well, I love this so much because it's. I mean, I see this. With, I, I mentioned you. We had a little conversation yesterday about the just like like ninety nine percent of the people I work with are emotionally eating, coping with sugar addiction, and things like that, and it's like. It's all based in this stress, burnout, and all states of depression and anxiety coming from that, these like deep levels of stress in the body. And, and, and it can be so like just getting caught in loops of like, what do I eat? I just need more willpower. I, I'm, I don't have self-control. And it's really like when your body's so stressed out and depleted, it's like it doesn't – you don't have the bandwidth to even have willpower or make long-lasting changes because it's just like – the body's going to keep falling into these destructive habits because there's not enough energy to make the changes. Oh my gosh. So true. So true. I, everything you just said, I echo 100%. It's, it's this pattern of burnout that leads people into these vicious cycles of feeling guilt about the fact that they feel out of control. Why can't I have this willpower? Why can't I, why can't I, when in reality, there are these imbalances in your body going on that don't give you the emotional or mental capacity to make those healthier choices or to feel more in control. So I always tell people like first and foremost, ditch the guilt, you know, like don't feel guilty about this. Like you're, you're having these cravings. Maybe you're even struggling with these binge cycles with food, with cravings. 
And there's an underlying, there's an underlying wisdom, believe it or not, going on in your body. And it's not about guilting yourself out of it, right? It's about really understanding how to hack that. And so I think that is all about looking at what stress is for someone. Where are your stressors coming from? How can we support you in lowering those stressors over time so that your body can self-correct and naturally find its way back into balance? And I know we talked, you and I talked about this yesterday too, but I see people a lot who come to me saying, oh my God, Heather, I am just out of control. I'm going through all these binges. I can't lose weight because I can't stop these like cyclical craving binge things. And I say, okay, well, first let's actually look at what's going on with your life as a whole. Let's look at, are you meeting your nutrient needs? Are you getting sleep? What's your emotional stress like in your life? Um, and uncover these threads of stress and nine times out of 10 for these people we uncover a mountain of stress that they have not been dealing with well that they haven't had tools to manage well and once they start hacking that bit by bit over time they say oh my god my cravings are just they're not there anymore like i don't have the same knee-jerk reactions to binge or like what's going on and I'm like yes this is what it's all about you're helping your body naturally self-correct and it's possible to do yes so how does someone even start self like you mentioned asking the questions of like where am I this distressors coming from and what are the steps to really start making change Yes. So I break it down into first helping someone identify the most common symptoms of high stress, because a lot of people might be wondering, well, how do I even know, right? Maybe this is an issue for me. Maybe it's not. I would say if you are struggling with symptoms like fatigue that might be intermittent or just energy fluctuations, maybe even a chronic fatigue type of um, symptom that can count as well. If you are dealing with mood swings where maybe you struggle more with anxiety or depression, but you just feel like that's something's not, not right on that level. Um, poor sleep, really struggling to fall asleep or stay asleep. Uh, poor digestion. You're just like bloated or you don't feel like you're digesting your food well. Um, and also brain fog is another really common one where you have trouble remembering, you kind of feel a little foggy in the moment. These are all symptoms that tie into how your body is processing stress. We call this the stress response system. And when we're under really high stress, it's very common that the body will um, have these symptoms show up. There are others that can happen too. Uh, we definitely see some hormonal related ones of someone struggling with irregular menstrual cycles, really bad PMS, stuff like that can be an indicator that there are some stressors going on, putting pressure on your hormones. Um, and then of course, being able to uh, then understand what is stress? What counts as stress, right? Maybe you have these symptoms 
Um, maybe you're also dealing with really intense cravings, like we said, feeling out of control with food, um, feeling overly full, like when you fall into those craving and binge cycles, like, oh, I'm just totally stuffed now. Um, a tendency to reach for some of those more processed kind of foods that are less nutrient dense, like really sugary really, foods like that, right? These can all be ways your body is saying, I'm stressed out. And so once you kind of have this checklist in mind and you're like, hmm, yeah, one or two or five or six of these really do ring true to me, then you can start breaking down what stress really is. And stress can come from like the top, the top places it comes from are not what people think, right? Most of us think that stress is all about just emotional or social stressors. So when we say, oh, I'm feeling so stressed out, we're really thinking about like, oh, my work feels so stressful, or I'm in a really difficult um, argument right now with a loved one. These are all really valid stressors, and they absolutely have very physical effects in your body that play into all of these symptoms we're talking about, but they're not the only source of stress. Um, so the other sources of stress that I often see are things like nutrient imbalances. So when you're not able to meet your nutrient needs, that's a stress on your body, right? If you're overdoing something or not getting enough of something, it's a stress. And a lot of people may not initially think about it like that, right? They don't think that's an actual stress, <laughs> so, but it is. That's how your body sees it. And another stress is if you are pushing your body physically harder, um, then you're able to uh, support. So a great example would be if you're not fueling well for your exercise, if you're like, oh, I need to lose weight, I need to do a bunch of fasted exercise, or I need to like restrict calories and work out and work out. No, <laughs> stop. <laughs> this is stress. It's stress. And what's really cool about the glucose monitors as well and the CGMs is you can sometimes see how uh, stress is impacting your blood sugar. Um, and, and that can be sort of a canary in the coal mine that people don't even think about. Like I see people all the time who come in, they're doing super aggressive fasting and they're doing heavy, intense workouts. And we put a glucose monitor on and their glucose is spiking like crazy, or it's running really high. And they're like, I don't understand. I don't eat a lot of carbs or they may even be keto, right? They're like, I don't need any carbs and I'm pushing and I'm working out, I'm fasting. Why is my glucose high? Well, most of the time in those types of cases, it's because stress, stress levels go up, your hormone cortisol goes up and glucose follows cortisol. So as cortisol rises, your body produces more glucose, releases more glucose into the blood. And you can see high blood sugar levels oftentimes in cases of high stress from any source. So it's not always uh, true across the board that glucose will always show you that, but it's really common that it will. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's a great way to kind of get insight into what stressors might be going on for you. I also tell people, um, 
it's important to work with someone who can help you assess uh, things like, is your supplement approach working for you? Are the types of foods really working for you? We know that um, everyone is so unique and the foods that might work for one person may not work for another. And if it's not really working for you, maybe you have a food sensitivity or maybe maybe there's something going on there. Maybe you're not tolerating caffeine or alcohol very well. Um, in those cases, it could be a stress on your body that you don't even know. You know, you don't even know that that's actually contributing to uh, your overall stress load that is negatively impacting your hormones, your cravings, your sleep, the whole gamut. So um, these are all little things that do add up over time. So we, we think about the emotional stressors and those are super important. Huge part of what I do is help people with that. But we want to go beyond that too. You know, we want to be like, are you meeting your nutrient needs? Are you tolerating everything you're eating? And are you fueling well enough for your workouts? Are you supporting your exercise? So I think these are the top ones that I see, the top areas that we really target uh, to help people bring their body back into balance with stress. And what's really cool is that when you hit the sweet spot and you're able to find that balance for what works for your body, most of the time you end up feeling more um, resilient as a result. So you notice that you don't get knocked down as hard. Maybe you're not getting sick as much. Maybe you're not feeling crashed out as much. You get stronger and become more resilient because your body is able to adapt to pressure a lot more easily because it's not being you know, under that pressure all the time and in that burnout zone. Yes. Yes, and what do you feel like, like you mentioned some of them that like misconceptions, like people doing the fasted exercise, like, oh, well, this, if I'm fasting, like I should be losing weight. Um, right. So what other like common mis mistakes do you see people making that kind of is counterintuitive? Yeah, well, definitely, I would say that number one is, is really the over restriction and over exercise combo. Uh, I, I would say, especially for women that I work with, that's one of the most common ones, especially for women who are trying to lose weight and um, people who might also struggle with emotional eating triggers. Sometimes they feel out of control around their environmental stressors and how to manage those with their relationship with food. And what's really cool is that if you can make a few little tweaks in how you're supporting the body through those tough times, it can get easier over time to manage those triggers and someone can have a lot more success with that. But being able to tune into your hunger cues, understand, am I really feeling hungry? Do I need to feed myself right now? Don't ignore your hunger cues. Don't try to tune them out. And on that same tone, if you are eating, but you're not hungry, that's a really good opportunity to pause and consider, okay, where am I feeling stress right now? Or where could stress be happening for me? And I'm channeling it into a comfortable activity of eating to cope or something like that. But tuning into your body, taking the time 
to practice some of those mindful eating principles where you slow down, you listen, you breathe, and you try to figure out, okay, am I feeling hunger? Am I actually really hungry? Am I eating for a different reason? Um, so I think a lot of people go on both of those uh, extremes where they're eating when they're not hungry and they're not really able to tune into that and feel that, or they're ignoring hunger and pushing past their real hunger cues that should be listened to. Um, and in both of those cases, there are stressors that can drive someone into those patterns and uh, helping someone slowly build habits and strategies that create more balance. Uh, that's, that's huge. You know, really at the end of the day, I'm not going to tell anyone to restrict their diet in an extreme way. I'm just, I'm not going to, <laughs> I think that if someone has a lot of really extreme food sensitivities, for example, there are some people out there who struggle with that. Um, there are still ways to work with that and to work around that to where you're not having to feel so restricted. Because I think that this pattern of over-restricting, not just calories, but diversity in your diet, variety, it drives these patterns of extremes where you're more likely to kind of fall off the rails. So sustainable approach. <laughs> yes, this is so huge. And I think especially what you're saying with the the over restriction, I mean, I see that so much of of in and not just leading to the binge. I mean it's just that it's falling into those cycles. And and I wonder for you for like even for people who are listening who are like how like wondering how much do I eat? Like how do you help them figure out like what is the proper amount for their body when they are like maybe just learning how to be in tune? That's I think a great question because I think what happens to a lot of people is especially if you've already been in a pattern where you've been over restricting for a while and you can kind of train your body out of some of those hunger cues because you've tuned them out for so long. So when you're trying to get back in touch with them, it can feel like you're very lost. You know, where do I even begin? Um, what I do with people, because it's really important to have, I think, a partner in that process, um, someone like a dietitian who is able to not only have the nutritional background to help you look at your diet and be like, oh, you know, you're really, you're really not getting enough protein and that can really impact X, Y, Z, right? or something like that, as well as um, someone who can encourage you and help you um, have that accountability for not falling back into past habits too. And can be a sounding board for if you are struggling in the moment with, I don't know if I should be eating now or not, they can be like there for you and give you little tidbits and feedback on how to tune into that. So I would say first and foremost, having a partner in that process who has the experience, um, who can help reflect back to you where you need to be. But then two, not trying to conquer everything overnight, right? These are baby steps. I always tell someone like, this is a process and you're going to make amazing progress, but it's not going to happen overnight and it shouldn't and it's okay. So we're going to start with, uh, let's take an example, right? Of someone who 
is used to skipping breakfast and not eating anything for half the day or longer. And they're like, well, I'm just not hungry in the morning. I'm not going to eat. And we know from studies that that earlier eating window, eating earlier in the day, starting your eating window earlier in the day can have a great benefit on your metabolism, your circadian rhythm, your insulin sensitivity, your glucose regulation. So how do we kind of help someone shift that when they don't feel hungry? Um, the first thing I say, well, what are you typically doing in your morning routine? And they say, well, I'm rushing out the door to get to the 9 million things that I have going on or while drinking a ton of coffee. Um, and so then I say, okay, well, let's start with just trying to have a tiny little bit of a protein focused snack. We're not going to eat a huge meal, right? Let's just start small. Let's try to stimulate the body with these small little supports over time. And maybe we're going to reduce caffeine a little bit at the same time, since it's an appetite suppressant and help your body really rediscover those signals and so just step-by-step, step, we slowly shift those foods. We, we try, we ask the body, what about this little bit here? What about this little bit there? And someone slowly starts to say, wow, I actually feel hungry. I'm feeling hungry again. It may be a few weeks. It may be a few months. Um, but being able to also pause long enough to tune in. A lot of us jump into our day so fast and we're running late. We're running late all day long and we're catching up with ourselves. You don't, you block your body's ability to even register hunger when you are pumping out adrenaline like that. And so creating a morning routine um, where you have space for yourself to breathe, to do some yoga, to actually like check in can make such a huge difference, huge, huge. So I think I help people with that a lot too, how to build those um, self-care moments into their day where they can pause more, pause to eat or pause to even just feel if they're hungry or not. Um, and over time, these all add up, they add up. They do. Oh, I love this so much. And Heather, what I, want to like just keep like reiterate is exactly what you, like this it is a practice it's not easy to when you're you're like there's an addiction to food but there's the addiction to stress so if you are in that mode of con i fall into this all the time I mean, this is like some, what the hugest driver of my own journey with sugar addiction and emotional eating and it it is this just like pull and the mind getting in these habit ruts of like where's the stress it's like waiting, like to be stressed out. We're so used to getting those hormones of adrenaline. Feel stressed. <laughs> yeah. So slowing down is a muscle to build. So if you are someone who goes, 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 like I hear from some of my clients because I, I use a lot of meditation and breath work. And I mean, it's like I, I'm not good at meditation or I can't meditate. And it's like you can be, there's no such thing as being bad at meditation because the practice is, the, it is a practice of just coming back to the breath and slowing down when you are everywhere, when you're scattered, when you're ramping up. And it's just like each rep, every time that you notice that you are in a stress state and you can take one conscious breath, like that is such a win. That's such it's a win. Such a win. <laughs> I, I love that emphasis. And especially in the way that you call it a muscle that you build, it couldn't be truer. 
so true. Like, yeah, it is a muscle that you build. And this breath work also that you mentioned, it reminds me of the great research that we have that shows these belly breathing, diaphragmatic breathing techniques, even just for a couple minutes can actually lower your cortisol levels, your physical cortisol levels, your stress hormone cortisol. So you're bringing that down, you're bringing that activation of the nervous system down. And it's amazing also in those moments, um, how it can feel like you don't even have control of your own thoughts when you're in that place of just gotta go, gotta go, not really breathing, not really focusing. And we also see that with high cortisol levels, it shuts down your brain's ability to do executive functioning. So it's a physical thing that's happening to you. It's not, you know, made up. It's real. You really are going to have a harder time making good decisions, um, even organizing your own thoughts when you're in that place. So mm. the first and most important step is to breathe. You've got to breathe. It's so important. Yeah, oh, I'm so glad to even just hear the the signs of that and just the like there it is such a physiological thing that's going on. And for anyone also like with emotional eating and and sugar addiction, I think when you speak that too, there's such a like if we're running in stress 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 stress, stress all the time, there's I know for myself just something so grounding in eating. Like it feels like some foods are like well comfort foods. And when you can realize that what like the, the underlying desire is to feel grounded or to feel calm and settled and food has been serving that the breath, it's like, like, can I like try practicing my breath for like three deep breaths and then I'll eat the food. And <laughs> it's just like, I love like, that technique. Uh, I love yeah. it. And finding the grounding or preemptively find like proactively. Okay. I'm going to, if I know that I'm, you know, after work, I have a binge usually. Okay, well, awesome. What if, and that usually happens at 5 p.m. What if at 4.15, I set an alarm and I sit for five minutes and just do deep breathing? Like, how is that going to affect how I show up at 5 p.m.? And it's it's amazing what even, like you said, it can be one minute of deep breath, breathing that can just shift so much. I love that approach. That's something I tell people all the time. Set your alarm to breathe. Set your yeah. Down. <laughs> yeah, that's what we have to do these days. And uh, what you were talking about while you were saying it, it reminded me of so many people I work with who are in a very particular pattern, which is they wake up, they don't really eat much, they're out the door, they're taking the kids here and there, they're running to work, they're doing a million things. And then it dawns on them, oh, oh no, I got to eat something. Maybe it's noon, maybe it's later. They just cram whatever thing they've got around. And all day long, they will say, I'm not hungry. I'm not hungry. But then they get home and they collapse and they finally have that time like you're talking about they, where they have allowed their body to pause for a second. And the craving, the tidal wave of the craving hits them, the tidal wave of all this stuff they've been ignoring through the day really hits them. And then they go into the nighttime binge cycle. And it's often related to being able to relax. I'm finally able to relax. I need a reward. I am finally able to feel a moment of peace. 
you know, I'm going to watch my favorite TV show and eat a bowl of ice cream and just, oh, finally. So we build all these powerful associations in our body that, that uh, associate things like peace, rest, really sugary, fun foods, like all of this reward stuff. And we wonder why we're in this cycle. So I think that it starts earlier in your day. It starts with being mindful about where you can insert practical, reasonable timeouts, where you can create personal boundaries for yourself. It's a work in progress. It doesn't have to happen overnight, but to build in healthier habits earlier in the day so that you don't have that tidal wave hit you. So, you know, not only is that tidal wave hitting you because you haven't met your nutrient needs through the day and your body's actually starving, <laughs> but you also haven't nourished this deeper part of listening to yourself, of breathing, of checking in, creating those boundaries. And the bill comes in later in the day. And that's when you get the whole weight of that hitting you. So if you can start to really introduce healthier habits earlier in the day, it goes such a long way into just helping you reduce that, that um, negative reaction that happens later on. Yes, this is so good. And Heather, I'd love to just the time I'd love to, um, I know you have a book recently or an ebook recently published, and I'd love to be able to share it with listeners and if you could speak to it and what it can help people with. Oh, totally. So at NutriSense, um, I am also part of our content team where um, I do technical writing work with a team of some other great writers and editors and just a really fun group of people who uh, we are really wanting to constantly put out content, whether it's on our blog or with eBooks uh, that supports people in their metabolic health goals in evidence-based ways. We want you to get high quality information. Uh, we want you to feel like the information you're getting from us is accurate. It's cutting edge. Um, and so recently we put out an ebook for people who are struggling with weight loss plateaus. And this is something we were inspired to do because we know that so many of the, the clients and members we work with at NutriSense tell us they're here because they're struggling with wanting to lose weight, hitting these plateaus. And again, nine times out of 10, what are they doing? They're stressed out, they're overwhelmed, they've got all this other stuff going on and we're helping them find balance again. So we wanted to put together um, just a book that will help people have an introduction to more balanced approaches to breaking through a weight loss plateau because sometimes we get a lot of misinformation about what's going to help us break through things like that or troubleshoot where we hit walls. Um, and like, like we said at the beginning, so much of this information may not be the healthiest for our body and it may actually be causing more stress for us. So one thing I see a lot for people to kind of come back to that fasting example we talked about earlier, people who are trying to lose weight by really aggressive fasting approaches and initially maybe losing a little bit of weight, but then hitting a weight loss plateau. And they're like, what's going on? So these people um, are dealing with often a lot of stress, a lot of high stress coming from multiple places, including maybe a fasting window they're not tolerating. 
And this ebook is about introducing more nuance and balance into not only your diet, but into your activities, into how you design your workouts, um, how to support your sleep habits and sleep hygiene, things that holistically support your body to find balance, whether it's through breaking, breaking through your walls for a weight loss plateau or beyond. Uh, I think that this is definitely kind of a killing multiple birds with one stone approach, right? Because some people say, well, I just, I want to lose weight. And then you really talk to them and they're actually struggling with a lot of things. It's not just, maybe I want to lose weight. It's I'm not sleeping well. I, my hormones are off since menopause or all sorts of things. And you're like, ah, yes, well, we're going to work on something that's going to hit all of those areas. And so the ebook was one of the ways we wanted to introduce people to that concept to really encourage them to appreciate the fact that they are individuals, um, that their approach may not be what someone else's approach is, how to create some of those foundational mindset shifts. And then of course, um, just introducing people to more of what we do at NutriSense to our dietitian team saying, we are here to help you if you want to do more one-on-one -on -one work. If you read this and go, wow, this is me. Like this really resonates with me. Like reach out to us. The team of dietitians is incredible. Um, I really am so honored to be a part of them and they really have their hearts in the right place. We want to help you feel your best. We want to help you find answers to things like weight loss plateaus um, and so much more that you might be struggling with. So uh, yeah, that's, and our book is free to download. It's totally free. No charge. <laughs> yes, this is awesome, Heather. And I think it's so helpful for people. And like you said earlier, having support, having accountability, it makes all the difference in the world because we can start these habits and again, like stress is an addiction. And so we can start the breathing and then a week later, we're not, we're not meditating. We're not slowing down. We're adding more to our plate and wondering why we keep falling into the binge or falling. So um, I think what you said, like reach out, reach out to Heather, check out this ebook. Like it's free. It's a free download. It's so good. And Heather, where else can people connect with you? Yeah. So if, if you all want to learn more just about what NutriSense is all about, like come to our website. Um, we have an amazing resource there also in our blog section. It's called our journal section of the website where um, we write about all kinds of things. We've got just dozens of articles on almost every kind of topic. And so uh, some articles I've written, some others, um, uh, have been written by other writers on the team. We have a lot of great people contributing content. And we, again, really want to make sure that it's high quality stuff. You can get good information. And we've got all kinds of uh, great resources there. And also, we have more information about our subscription programs, just overall what to expect from the program. Um, and that that's also a, a, great, a great place where you can learn about what our app gives you more about what a CGM is, uh, how it can fit your particular needs, and just a little bit more about the dietitians and the dietitian team and how we can support you. Yes. Oh, Heather, thank you so much. Thank you for this conversation. I can't believe this time already went by. I'm like, I couldn't think of it for. Uh, 
Ellie, you and I could talk for hours. It's been so fun to talk with you and yeah, Mm -hmm. just such, such a fun time. So it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you, Heather.